You're listening to the League of Ordinary Gentlemen podcast with your hosts, Brent and Angelo. This is episode 61 for your favorite podcast and mine for the Lug. The keepers are in. Angelo, how are you doing this week? I'm doing great. We survived uh, the last week of school, so I am sitting here right now with my coffee, and I'm not going to lie, I've got some Kahlua in it because we're on holidays, and uh, I'm good to go. I'm excited. The keepers are in. As of this morning, they were locked. Yeah. There's hope. There is. I've got uh, a delicious coffee myself. I've chosen to put some homemade Baileys in there, and uh, life is good. Um, Sipping away at that, keeping warm on a rainy day. So uh, we've got a huge episode. This is probably one of my favorite, you know, themes for the show is talking about these keepers and you start to see strategies emerge. But anyways, we got a whole host of things to chat uh, for episode 61, don't we? Yeah, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the NHL. They finally, it looks like, uh, they've got their plan in place. They are returning. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, I really want to talk about Blair's idea. How good were Robin's emails, by the way, last week? But we're going to talk about Blair's idea of legacy keepers. They were almost as good, sorry to cut you off, as Aiden's response. Yes, uh, absolutely. (laughs) That was actually, that was a really good response on his part. I loved it. So Yeah, so good. Uh, But anyways, yeah, go ahead. So good to have the pool back. And then our main topic, we're going to talk about our keepers. We've got a huge, it is huge, huge show here. Yeah, we're... Um, Oh, sorry. I, sorry, you just kind of cut out as I'm looking at our sound waves here, but that's okay. You're you're there, right? Yeah, well, I'm here. I'm and we're 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 doing well. Yeah, yeah there we is, go. This is, this is life uh, when we're when we're shooting remotely. Okay, so yeah. let's let's talk about um, the return of the NHL before we get into our keepers. So it looks like January 13th is the drop, uh, the day that we're going to drop the puck. Although the NHL has said, uh, or there's indications that if they need to delay it due to COVID, they will do that. But certainly. Uh, On the horizon, we can see the start of the season, Uh, a 56-game schedule condensed. It's going to be really intense. Throw in there the inevitability of COVID cases and having to change the schedule and Canadian divisions or not, and Ontario and BC governments not sure if they want teams. It's it's chaos, but it looks like in a couple of weeks we're going to get started. What I like, kind of like about this, again, because it's something new, it's going to be a... um pretty quick pace uh to get all those games in um it's almost going to be like playoff hockey every uh every night and and because uh, every game is going to matter so much um with that condensed season and you know uh, the impact for fantasy hockey and and in terms of a player goes down i i, I think you're not going to see uh, a lot of uh a lot of managers in the league hanging on to people if uh if they get injured for you know five or so games it's just not worth it Oh, geez, you get a three or four week injury, you're done. That's a quarter of the season gone right there. So, uh, yeah, and we'll talk about um, that's going to have some implications when we get to keepers, uh, certainly. But we'll save that for a few minutes from now. Uh, the, other, the other news that came out this week uh, that, uh, you know, is too bad to hear and will have some implications as well, uh, particularly with Robica, is Henrik Lundqvist has to take the year off. He's got a heart condition. Yeah, um, yeah, and that you know, it's it, you never want to see a player kind of, you know, take time off. You know, he's obviously past his prime, and and but at the end of the day, it, it uh, still still a uh, a valuable player in in fantasy hockey for sure. Uh, not necessarily the same value as he used to have, but yeah, you know, that's that's a that's a bummer for sure. Yeah, and I hope the guy's okay. I, I don't know if we'll ever see him in the NHL again. I'm sure at his age, if uh, if there's any risk to his his health, I mean. He's old in hockey years, but still yep. young in human years. He's still only in his 30s. Um, so, yeah, I hope he makes the right decision for him and his family. But it's too bad. It would have been kind of neat to see him uh, in Washington this year. Oh, for sure. I mean, it, it would have been kind of exciting. And, and But but at, at the end of the day, that's, that's, uh, that's how things are sometimes. And it's unfortunate. But... You'll start looking at the uh, the deeper the deeper uh, level of players in in the on the FA wire right now to see who you can replace him with. So that's right. Okay, so uh, the NHL's back, fifty six games, January thirteenth. So that means now we need to hammer down a draft date. I'm really glad we set a keeper date. I think it got everyone focused. Uh, so uh, everyone got their keepers in. Thank you for doing that, fellas. And um, 
Now the next thing to do is the draft. Uh, we had looked at December the 29th, which would have been a Tuesday night, but one manager is unable uh, to do that. So we have one manager that's on uh, works nights often. And um, so working with his schedule, he'll know tomorrow some other dates he's available. December might not work for us now, so we might have to look into that first week in January, which still gives us a lot of time. We typically do the draft seven to 10 days before the puck drops. So we're still well within that range. And um, we're never able to hammer down our first choice for a draft date, but we will find that soon enough. But I would say in the next two weeks, we're doing our draft, which is exciting. Best day of the year. Absolutely. And that's always part part and parcel for the season is establishing and hammering out that draft date, the anxiety that comes around there and all those kind of frustrations and, you know, just trying to get that common date that works for everybody. But as we know, draft night is the, the most fun uh, when everybody's there uh, giving it their all and, and chirping each other. So yeah, we'll find that date and uh, we'll make it all happen. All right. So speaking of draft um, in our emails this week, uh, you know, B- Blair, sent out something that I think we've all been thinking about for a few years. You and I had brought up that concept of being able to bid on restricted free agents and that, that one didn't go through, but Blair brought up the concept of the legacy keeper. And these are players who, um, you know, we, a manager either through luck or through skill acquired one of these superstar players that cost just a couple of bucks. And we know who they are. Um, you know, for me, it's David Pasternak and, and Brad Marchand. Um, you know, for you, you've got Point, Rantanen, McKinnon, uh, Victor Hedman for Stittsville Raccoons. You know, we can go on and on. Basket. Yeah, Gujo, Johnny Gujo is still $15. That's right. Like it's, 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 it's ridiculous, right? You know, the value of this, absolutely. Well, you know, and Carter Hart is $28. He could be one of those emerging ones. Yep. Uh, Nikita Kucherov is the one we've talked about forever. Kale McCarr now is one. Dougie Hamilton's only 11 bucks. Svechnikov, 36. So there's so many of them that through luck or through skill um, we've acquired, but it becomes, um, in terms of a competitive advantage, I do think it becomes after a few years a little bit unfair. And I really like the idea that Blair said, you know, maybe we need to put a time limit on these guys so that they're released back into the draft and they are acquired at their market value because Kucherov would be a 250 Two hundred and seventy-five dollar player right now, right? Yeah, absolutely. I Blair has had very few good ideas in his life. Uh, this is one that really stands out. Uh, I love the idea. I think it's one that it kind of keeps the balance there. Yeah, he's got a lot to lose, right? Uh, when it when it comes to his idea, we'll get to that in a bit. But uh, um, I actually really like this idea. I still want to circle back at one point to the offer sheet piece as well. Um, just imagine if those two pieces were into play, it would be pretty exciting, but yeah, we need to get, we need to get a, a more balance to the force here happening with, um, with the keepers, um, these legacy keepers, it, it, it does offer a, uh, a bit of an unfair advantage, um, when it comes to, to, on two levels, right? Not only the getting the elite player for so cheap, but come draft night, um, you can load up with those other superstars that are expensive that really is not you know, hurting too much of your bottom line as you move through the draft. So I love it. Yeah. And I think, you know, you and I would be uh, two of the managers that would be hurt the most because Pasternak and Marshawn would be gone for sure. These guys are that legacy keeper for you. Almost all of your keepers could be under that category soon. So uh, I think it would just make things more interesting. Plus it would make things exciting a draft night to know that, uh, you know, Kucherov is finally available or Vasilevsky is finally available. And what is their actual value would be, I like the idea. So if, uh, I think we need to get through this first part of the season, cause there's going to be so many, uh, mm-hmm. things that we're going to need to adjust to. And then once this season is well underway and we get kind of mid season, maybe this is something that we'll put to a vote. Um, and again, we don't want anyone to feel that it's such a bad idea that they don't want to do it and it would, uh, discourage them from continuing in the pool. But hopefully this is something that everyone sees as a, a good move and plus when we can make things more complex in the pool we do it right and this would uh, well, be- absolutely yeah and this is something that we put on the agenda for our Boca Raton meeting right in, right. in uh, late January absolutely. when we, we're getting together as, as general managers and hammering out some new rules um, we've got 
We've got uh, this keeper one we need to deal with, as, as I mentioned as well. We've got the offer sheet one. Uh, but we really have to to uh, figure out if we are proceeding with, uh, you know, the tier two um, level of the Lug, right? You know, the, the, the AHL version of the Lug. That's another one that came out in those emails. And I think that's a phenomenal idea as well. I think that would be Robin. <laughs> Robin would be the commissioner of that one, I think. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> There are, you know, there are pools that do that. Eh? They draft, they will draft OHL players and um, players in the CHL and hold on to them until they they uh, mature to the NHL. Like it's crazy. Like there are, I've read about pools that have done that, which is insane. I also read, I, I bought that. I finally bought my hockey pool magazine. I felt really good about that. But good for you. Yeah, those guys. Uh, one of the guys in that magazine, they completed their NHL season using. Um, the Xbox and they simulated seasons. So there's a lot of really good ideas out there. Mm-hmm. I don't think while we think we're crazy, well, we do a weekly podcast. So we are, yep. yeah, we're crazy. we yeah, are we're a little bit off, off kilter, but we're part of this family of, of people who appreciate what fantasy sport bring to, you know, what it brings to our lives. Yeah, well, absolutely. Like, you know, there's, there is, I, I, I was close on, uh, to making the NHL as, as many of you know, uh, but this is for me the next best thing. So, that's true. Hey, I got before we get into our main topic, I got to bring this up. Mm-hmm. So, I, with my talking with my wife yesterday, and uh, she said, "I hope Mike wins the pool." What? Yep, because she said he texted me so much. She sees my phone light up. I don't get a lot of texts, but yeah. now that the pool's back, he texts me so much. She she said he must care about this so much that she wants uh, him to win. So. Now, I haven't talked to her uh, in about 24 hours now. I'm not sure how I'm going to break the ice on this one because this is a uh, uh, it's blasphemy as far as I'm concerned. Well, the fact of the matter is like, you know, what what that statement is 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 that she uh, believes that Mike cares about the pool more than you. And um, Yeah, wow. I don't really know what to say about that. Did you hear that uh, our wives have texted each other about potentially doing a side podcast i've heard i've heard i've heard of this yeah which would actually be kind of funny yeah amanda mentioned this uh the other day uh that that when we were shooting uh last episode uh that uh that her and kelly were having a uh 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 uh, or strategizing about maybe uh launching a new new podcast about uh wives of uh of uh managers do they call them wags in england (laughs) i think it's right wives and girlfriends yeah. yeah, yeah, pool wags, pool wags. Yeah, that's there we go. I think we'll do it. I'll call her that and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> you do it first. Yeah, absolutely, and I'll text you and let you know. All right, let's get it. You want to get into our main topic here? Uh, absolutely. So, uh, episode sixty-one, main topic here: the keepers are in. They are in, and uh, you know, hopefully, people. It's such a nice little thing to get in your inbox, right? Because you get to see what everyone's done. There's a little bit of, you know, you know what some people are doing, but usually there's some sleeper picks or things that they've done. You may be shocked that somebody's become available. The range of dollar values, all of that stuff, digesting this document uh, is is so much fun every year because now you've got to make a strategy going into the draft. Well, absolutely. So what, what again, what, what, what's in front of us and what landed in the inbox this morning here, right, is, is – not only do you get to see uh, the 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 players that everybody's picked, the the, the keepers, uh, the four keepers, you get their the, the entire value, you get their auction balance. But really important, I think one thing that I love the breakdown of of position uh, keepers by position, and this is kind of it always is kind of telling a little bit on on the pool's uh, overall strategy. But we'll get to that in just a little bit. Yeah. So. Um... Why don't we do this? Why don't I break down everyone's cash, and then we'll do breakdown of keepers, and then you and I are going to go uh, what we believe is the twelfth, all the way through to first ranked um, crop of keepers uh, as we see it going into the draft this year. Yeah, I love it. It's awesome. Okay, so let's you know uh, when we talk about auction balances, uh, we've got any range now from. Uh, there's a $400, $422 difference from the lowest to the highest. You come in at the top with $882. Um, I come in just behind you at $869. Aiden, the notorious GIBB, is coming in with a lot of cash this year at $855. Zoltok always likes to go in with a lot of cash. He's got 840 
And um, Mike Hughes, not too far behind there at 831. And then we get into the 700s. Hennessy at 792. PMF at 750. Nick in a Box, 733. Whiskey Dick Van Dyke shows a buck cheaper at 732. Um, so those guys and Heisenberg at 724 are in that traditional wheelhouse we've always talked about. That those sweet guys, spot. Guys that win the pool tend to be in that 700, mid 700 range. So those are those guys. Yep. And then we have a huge drop, Gump and the Cutlass Supremes at 581. And then Warham with a Shocker at 460 bucks. Yeah, like the, there's again, so there's two shock, uh, there's really two shocks for me. There's one, I was expecting to see somebody in the 900s, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, we've had that in the past couple of years or a couple of times that a player or manager wants to go in with huge, huge cash. So that's one, we, I'm, I'm the closest to it, but I'm not there. The second one is, and we'll get to him, is the Sitzville Raccoons is warm at 460 bucks. Um, I thought that was a bit... Uh, uh, a bit of a different strategy that we, uh, we haven't seen in the past, but we'll take a look, closer look when we look at his keepers and break those down. Yeah, I also, um, no, you know what? We're going to save it for our analysis. We're going to save the rest of that. So let me t- talk about the breakdown of keepers. Yeah, we absolutely. Have, um, there are 16 goalies kept in the pool this year. Centermen yeah. are eight. We've got nine left wingers. Seven right wingers and eight defensemen. That makes up our forty-eight keepers. Yeah, not surprised at all that that goalies still, um, you know, uh, dominate um, the focus of our managers and who they want to keep. You got a lot of value out there, uh, and we'll talk about uh, talk about those managers who have really put themselves on a heavy goalie strategy here. It may pay off, may not. Who knows? We've seen things happen a little bit both ways. But again, um, you know, center has always been a traditional spot where you can uh, really play the FA wire nicely. Uh, but we have uh, eight keepers. You know, that's one more than the right wingers as, as well. Uh, so it's interesting. It all comes down to right now. It's uh, I think that is uh, dollar value and name value as well that it's determined these keepers but we'll we'll dig a little bit deeper all right so let's get into it before we do though there were um i just thought of what i was going to say um one of the things that i found shocking is i thought this would be the year that one manager would go in with fewer than four keepers given that it was covid and and people aren't totally sure with um what's going on with the league and with their teams. I thought maybe someone would have gone in fresh to allow themselves maximum roster spots uh, heading into draft night. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of things there that I found I found just a bit a bit interesting with that breakdown this year. Um, it is the dollar difference for sure that difference, and 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 it is comes down to those selections, those keeper selections that people have decided to run with. Who knows? These are the keepers. Things things uh, things strategies may shift or change, or we can read into come draft night. Who knows? Okay, so uh, one last thing, and then we're going to get into it. Uh, so I really like Warham's idea of adding an IR spot for, given the fact that we are going to see more injuries or more time away from uh, rosters this year. So I have added that. And then our games played in our constitution is uh, the games for the season plus two per position. So every position will have 58 slots this year, 56 plus two. So uh, with that, so that's some logistics. Let's Perfect. get into our breakdown of keepers and let's start with who we pick as having the um weakest crop of keepers heading into the draft yeah absolutely so coming in at number 12 uh drum roll uh angelo is you uh, the Patriots are coming in at number 12. Uh, keepers are Pasternak, Marshawn, Pacioretty, and Yamamoto at a grand total. I mean, when you look at those names, I mean, at a grand total of $131, you may, uh, some may say you're rolling the dice. I think you are um, uh, betting the farm on some of this, um, but it's an interesting strategy. Uh, walk us through your thinking here. Well, here's the thing. I actually recognized... Uh, last year that I didn't like my potential four keepers. I even like, uh, you know, in, in February of last year, I was looking and I was thinking, do I need to make a trade? Cause there's not four guys that I really want to keep on this team. Um, but we didn't get there. Um, so here's my, my thinking. First of all, I've got great fear because I've only taken care of the left wing and right wing position. Um, so I've got a whole bunch of holes that I need to fill. 
two of my four keepers. If Pasternak and Marshawn were healthy, I would maybe rank myself a little higher, but they're not. So, And I don't know when they're coming back. Um, yeah. Pacioretty is a good keeper. He actually is a scary, good fantasy player. Um, mm-hmm. However, he might not play in Vegas. If they trade him to you know, the Arizona Coyotes or the New Jersey Devils, then he's useless to me. And then finally, Yamamoto is somebody who could be a point-per-game player. He really clicked with Dreisaitl, but just as easily, he could struggle early on. He's in the AHL. So um, I have a lot of question marks and a lot of holes heading into the season. Yeah, absolutely. Yamamoto for, you know, I, he, I drafted him two years ago. I remember. Um, Cause again, the chatter at that point was that he's going to be aligned uh, with McDavid. Uh, did just didn't pan out. Um, you you have rolled the dice on a number, um, a number of players here. Two of your four are elite fantasy hockey players, but again, they've had surgery and they're not ready and who knows what's going to happen here. And as you said, patch patches is, is a, is a bit of a wild card with whether he remains or not. Um, very risky, but the payoff again, uh, is that, uh, you have $869 to go into the draft. And I know in the past that you have been very slow to get out of the gates with those keepers there with only covering two positions, left wing, right wing, you can't afford that. You're going to be super aggressive this year. Well, let's add into the fact that I have a historical ineptitude on draft night. I always choke on draft night, and um, I don't like my chances this year. But that's okay. That's okay. I'm still I'm still going for it. I'm gonna do my still draft a reigning champ. Still a reigning champ. I can't say I like my chances. <laughs> Number eleven. Okay, we're gonna go with the Cutlass Supremes. Uh, he's kept uh, Shen, Crosby, Rask, Gibson. He's got. Two centermen and two goalies, so he's got to fill out his wings and his defensemen. Um, Four hundred nineteen dollars—that's a lot of money. He's only got five eighty-one um, available to him. So, you know, when you look at Rask and Gibson, I think Anaheim's going to be an improved team, and I believe Rask will return as the number one goalie in Boston. His goalie tandem is set. He's got a really, really strong uh, goalie group. I think Shen is not the sexiest player, but he he will be amongst the leading scorers for St. Louis this year, and he's cheap. Uh, And then you've got Crosby. Crosby is a huge – I think Crosby might come in north of $300 for Gump this year as a keeper, but he could lead the league in scoring. The guy, you know, he's not not aging. When he's on the ice, he's an absolute superstar. So, um, you know, I I respect what he's done here. I don't think he has the strongest keepers, but – uh, you never know. And you know he's going to be crazy aggressive with whatever money he has at the draft. Yeah, this is interesting. Like, I, I when you look, start looking at the breakdown here. So Rask and, and Gibson's just, you know, $105 combined. Like, a huge value there for two two great goaltenders. He's kept Crosby at $304. Um, Crosby would go over that on draft night. So I, I get his strategy. And Shen... He's just rounded out for a cheap $10 player. Who knows, right? Um, it's not, not a biggie at all, for sure. But I look at, I, I do look at that Crosby dollar at 304 You know, you, when you start looking at a keeper um, uh, at, uh, at, you know, n- you know north of 250 bucks, maybe north of $220, for me at the very least, you know, that flag kind of goes up a little bit. But we know Crosby's going to go for at least that. So that he's just, he again, he's just secured himself uh, a top player for sure, but left himself as a result, left himself with little cash at the draft night. Yep. All right, on to our next one. So um, Aiden texted me last week and... Um, you know, he seemed to admit in his text that he didn't have the strongest of rosters at, at season's end. Um, so I think he's put together some good keepers with what he has, but admittedly, he didn't have the strongest roster to choose from. So we're going to rank him at number 10. Uh, you want to go through who he's keeping? Yeah, absolutely. So he's 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 decided to keep a right wing goalie uh, defenseman and another goalie here. So he's got two goaltenders to work with. He's got Lindholm, Kemper, Sergachev, and Fleury for a grand total of a hundred and forty five dollars. I mean, there's some really um, interesting picks here. Lindholm is one that has excellent fantasy value. Um, have had him in the past on my roster. It is one uh, for sure at $45. That's a no-brainer here as well. Darcy Kemper at $25 is in, in, and then with Fleury at $50. He's got he's got serviceable, good goaltending as well. And then Sergachev at $25 uh, in the defense. What are you taking or what are you seeing from uh, Aiden's choices here? Well, Lindholm is an excellent fantasy player. He was a top 10 
uh, winger last year, so that's a great choice, and he wasn't expensive at all. Uh, Darcy Kemper emerged as one of the best goalies in the league last year, so that's a no-brainer at $25. Bucks. Yeah. Um, Sergachev, I don't think, is an elite fantasy player quite yet, but he could be. He is an elite NHL defenseman, but he's, you know, it's, Tampa's so um, rich on defense that he's yep. the third. He'll probably move up to the second pairing mm-hmm. uh, left defenseman because you've got uh, Victor Hedman as your undisputed number one, but then you've got Ryan McDonough and Sergachev. So he might not put up the points that he typically would perhaps on another team where he would be the number one um, left-sided defenseman. But again, he's a great player and his plus minus is going to be through the roof. And then Flurry, who knows? Like Leonard had... Yeah, Leonard. Yep. I don't think Leonard's starting the season, but if Leonard does show up, um, all yep. indications are that Flurry's a $7 million backup goalie. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we shall see, you know, <laughs> backup goalie that, that with rumors that Vegas is shopping. Right. So this is, it's, it's, it's amazing here. The stories here, but again, like if we come back to it, if Aiden, you know, uh, has wholeheartedly admitted that he doesn't have, he didn't have a whole lot of depth or choice here in terms of his keepers. He's still done a really good job at a hundred, he's, you know, total keeper value at 145. He still has $855. He's one of, he's one of my biggest worries on draft night has always been that case um, at with $855. He's not, I'm not that far ahead of him with cash. So he's going to be lethal too. Well, guaranteed on draft night, Aiden is walking away with one, if not two of the most coveted players in guaranteed. the auction. That's, that's Absolutely. So, so while I don't necessarily think his keepers are the strongest, with the amount of cash he has, I think that he could have the strongest team coming out of the draft. Yeah, and he has a way of rounding out his roster too through very strategic trades as well. So that's the other piece. When the shortened season, I think we we may see a heightened number of trades. I'm hopeful that's what we see because managers are not willing to sit on players to if they get cold. Uh, they want to ship them off, in, especially for those who are in the money and to, and to keep that momentum going. So Aiden is one of those very strategic managers when it comes to trades as well. So I think... Again, Again, you, we have him listed here at number ten. That's definitely not going to be his uh, final final resting place. And when the standings come in at the end of the season, nope, because we know that that will be you. Okay, <laughs> that's <laughs> my sweet spot. Yeah, that absolutely. Is. Okay, on to number nine. It's uh, Aiden's draft buddy, Hennessy Williams. Uh, he's kept two goalies, two defensemen. So UC Saros, Carter Hart, and then we got Peter Angelo and Carlson. At D, he's spending 208 bucks. He's got 792 available. A really nice sort of combination of money available and high quality keepers. I mean, can you say anybody has uh, better defense than Peter Angelo and Carlson? Tony goes in with maybe the number one and two defensemen in fantasy hockey. Yeah, but and his goaltending for me, in my mind, is not that far behind because Hart has established himself as a high-end goalie, right, on a team that should be competitive for for, for a cup. And then you, you look at um, Saros should finally be able to get um, that number one position prior to away. And I think he set himself up very nicely here. Uh, he spent 208 bucks, mind you, but uh, he, uh, he has 792 to go to play with. And I think... Uh, he's going to have a great draft night as well. Well, that's who I would have kept if I was uh, when I was looking at Hennessy's roster. I think I would have kept those four as well. Saros to me is a question mark because you never know. Pekka Rene could take over that number one spot, but yep. then knocking down uh, the doors very soon will be the number one pick that Nashville had in this year's draft from Russia. That's uh, Yaroslav Askarov, who is supposed to be the next coming of Carey Price. So now is the time to roll the dice on um, UC Saros. Uh, and I think the other three players are are rock solid. So, um, you know, here's another manager, though. He walked away from the draft last year very early on with Ovechkin and Stamkos in his pocket. So yeah. he's going to use that 792 very wisely. Yeah, here again, as you, as you mentioned, this is and this is a, a, a manager that likes to go out pretty hard and fast on those on those high value players. He's not filling out his roster with you know the the dollar the dollar store uh, the dollar store purchases like I am. He is he is going after the the big guns too. I think you're going to see a little bit of a battle happening between Aiden and Tony this year. Hey, can I? I, I did want to mention because uh, there were some surprises at keepers. I'm going to say the one surprise I had. We're going to go back to Aiden. I thought he would have kept uh, Morgan Riley. Yeah, that was one That's that I thought. But, yeah, so that was one that I thought. But he was. I think he's. 75 or 80 bucks maybe Aiden didn't want to have a defenseman that was uh, at that price but that's one that's one surprise for me so far in the uh, the four guys we've talked about was that Morgan Riley is now available at the draft 
Yeah, so like the the, the 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 choice there could have been is that he swapped to Sergachev, right? But I think yep. again, um, Aiden might be yeah, trying to 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 really hang on to somebody that has upcoming value as well that is that is relatively cheap uh too so that may have been that strategy there i get that decision but it is at the end of the day a bit of a surprise but you know sergachev is 25 bucks so i that it is what it is and uh i think he's still in a good spot but he's got some work to do okay let's go to number eight uh it's the Twill raccoons robbie warham who kept Leonard, headman marner panarin he's got a goalie a d a right and a left winger, $540. And he goes in with the least amount of cash at 460 bucks. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so for right then and there, like, to be honest with you, he's ranked too high in my mind. Like, I know, uh, you know, this is the stuff that we can we can uh, uh, fight and debate over a little bit more, but I don't see him at number eight. I actually see him probably settling in and around number 11 a little bit more comfortably because of the low, low money he has going in. I, I do question... Um, I see yeah, Tony and Aiden above him for sure. Uh, I do question a little bit um, Panarin. I know I get Panarin as being you know top five for sure. It's a lot of money to spend uh, right away. Would Panarin be going north of 260? Probably, but it just straps you for cash for everything else for those other positions that he needs to fill out. Uh, and I'm wondering about Marner too. So here's my thoughts. I would have kept Panarin if I was him because Panarin uh, just had such an unbelievable season and, and he's, he is a bargain at uh, the $200 and change. Uh, if you are going to keep someone, I would say Panarin would be one of the few at that value. Hedman's a no-brainer. I believe Marner is overpriced. I just don't think he has performed at a level that I would expect. And he would, he would go for that amount of money or more at the draft simply because he's a Toronto Maple Leaf and Maple Leaf fans bid a lot on their players. Yeah, he's a two hundred dollar um, player. He's one hundred eighty three yeah. bucks. He's easily a two hundred dollar player. But I agree with you. And then we talked about Leonard already with uh, yeah. the question mark for me. So I'm I'm surprised he didn't keep J T Miller. I thought he would have kept that because J T Miller. Um, when you're talking about you know uh, fantasy hockey in a pandemic, he's a center, left wing, and a right wing. He mm-hmm. was super cheap at the draft. He's on the number one line in Vancouver. Yep. Um, so that's one I thought he would have kept. Landis Dog again, really cheap. Um, and he's on that top line in Colorado. And then the one that really surprised me is I expected that he would have kept Elvis Merzlikens from Columbus as a goal. Yeah, player. there's been a couple of surprises there. Like the JT Miller one's probably the biggest one because you know if Mike goes out and gets Connor McDavid again, he would do a straight up trade for JT Miller. We know that, know, right? So that, 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 that's a done deal. So there's for, for me, that's a missed opportunity on Warm's behalf. And quite an oversight, to be honest with you. Um, but uh, you look at you look at uh, Elvis leaving the building and Elvis leaving the raccoons there. I it's a, it's another interesting one. So that's again, there's some missteps here. I actually see some first missteps in draft strategy and with with the securing of keepers and the locking down of keepers here. And I think our first misstep is the raccoons. I don't see him as eight. I kind of see him in and around eleven. Okay. All right. Uh, well, you know what? I'll I'll meet you in the middle. I'll I'll push him down. You're right. He he doesn't deserve to be an eight. He'll let's put him at ten. Okay. okay. I, well, yeah, we'll split the difference. So All right. So for, for the sure. third for the third podcast in a row, the yeah. Super Raccoons gets demoted. That being said, you know what I mean. You know, the, the mid podcast fall is is something that he's really good at. Three three in a row where he's falling down the rankings. I know. I, it's just I don't know what you know, the season hasn't even started really, but he is he is really kind you of make a convincing case though. I mean, when you start, it's very difficult for me to argue with you. It's and I think it's again, you've got a master's in theology. Like I can't. Yeah. I can't this is. It's it's facts. I'm not going by just faith here on this, and it is facts. Like so, the fact the fact piece here is that he's got only got four hundred sixty dollars to play with. It's not a lot of cash. Um, it will be interesting to see when and where he's kind of spending his cash on. Right. He's, right. he's got, he's got some good positions, you know, his, his goal is defense, right wing, left wing kind of, so I can see that kind of strategy piece. Uh, but he's got a whole whack of work to do. First misstep. Right. Okay. Let's go on. You know, the Zen cast is doing this weird thing today. I, I listened to some other podcasts. They must use this. And once in a while, the words get really long and then go, it goes a little quiet. That's happened to you a couple of times today. We've had a couple of technical glitches, but that's okay. I think still I would rank us uh, probably in terms of uh, podcast quality in the top 1% on uh, yeah. on, a, on the Apple podcast player for sure. Absolutely. No, without a doubt. Oh, I, you know what? At some point I want, I, at some point I need you to break down our, our uh, viewer or listener stats. It's been a while, but uh, not, maybe not today, but maybe next week. 
we can I well, Sweden's to hear all in Hong Kong and Sweden are doing. Yeah, well, Sweden we know is, is entering that lockdown, that whole that whole uh, significant lockdown. So I know the 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 uh, the uh, the numbers are going to go through the roof there for sure. Because what else are you going to do in Sweden? Uh, well, absolutely. So I'm looking forward to next week to you know to our Swedish friends uh, and yeah. Okay, so let's go. Zoltak is number seven. Uh, he's going in with two super young, high prospect goalies. Uh, Zabanajad and then Matthew Kachuk. So he's got two goalies, a center, and a left wing. 160 bucks, 840. He's got a mitt full of cash. He's one of our most aggressive managers at the draft. So, so what do you see for Robin? Well, first of all, for Robin, he's got um, four keepers with probably the hardest names to pronounce, yes. and, and the mo- and the most fun to pronounce. Shesterkin. This doesn't get better than that, right? Um, but he's got uh, double rookie uh, goalie keepers for uh, for him, and uh, it could pay off or it could not be. Who knows? This is this is this is the 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 rolling of the dice. I, I as, as in the truest form here, it, it is is absolutely epic that he's going in with this type of strategy. He's securing his goaltending, but it is be, uh, basically on the backs of goalies as well. I'm not a huge. Uh, Kachuk fan, but uh, he's a ser- serviceable player, and I could see the idea of him keeping them there. You know, he's coming in at eight with eight hundred and forty dollars to play with, and it's a good strategy. And you know, there's there's not a whole lot of fault in his picks. What are you seeing? I like his picks as well. I would go with those uh, those two guys. I think I maybe would have gone with Nikolai Ehlers over Matthew Kachuk, but I don't remember what Ehlers went for at the draft last year. That could mm. be the tipping point for me. I also like Ehlers as a left wing, right wing, and again, I think that multiple position would be helpful. Zabanaj adds a home run. Um, you know, top line in New York. Uh, he's got a center right wing designation. He's going to yeah. put up a ton of points. I think he's got two superstar goalies in the making. I think we might be seeing uh, Vasilevsky A and B coming out of Zoltok's team this year. Um, so I really like that. And I agree with you on Kachuk. I think Kachuk is is an okay keeper. He's not going to put up a point a game. He's he, you know he gets some shots. He gets some points. Uh, you know, um, but at twenty bucks or twenty two bucks, whatever he is, he's he's worth yeah. he's worth keeping on your squad. Yeah, like again, he's got really good keepers here. They're serviceable, um, and and they're going to actually add some depth. I just do love the uh, the rookie the you know the rookie picks, the rookie keepers going here, and the fact that they both land in goaltending position. That's a lot of fun. All right, on to number six. We've got uh, pull my finger. He's got two left wings and two goalies. He's keeping Gaudreau and Huberdeau, Anderson and Connor Hellebuck for two hundred and fifty bucks. He's in that perfect sweet spot of seven hundred and fifty dollars. We could be seeing the making of a champion here. Yeah, I mean, not a lot of surprise here. These are names that have on a variety of team, different teams. Goudreau has been kept a number of times from a number of different teams, and 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 the reason for that is is because he's super cheap. He's like fifteen dollars, as we mentioned at the top of the hour there, right? Um, he will uh, need to bounce back to actually have a performance because it's been a couple of uh, dry spells here uh, for him to go through, and that value even at fifteen dollars, that's why he's being kept. But, you know, it's not really translating into a shortened season to have, have that kind of roster spot value. Who knows? What else are you seeing? Well, we got Anderson. Anderson is, you know, Toronto is going to be lethal this year. And Anderson needs to have a bounce back season. Um, Gaudreau is, is, you've got to keep him at 15 bucks. I would have kept those four if I was uh, yep. PMF as well. Hellebuck was the MVP in net last year. So at, you know, 28 bucks or $31, whatever he is, uh, that's a no-brainer then. Uh, Huberdeau could be the, the top scoring left winger in the league this year, or certainly one of the top three scoring left wingers, uh, you know, playing on a line with Barkov. It'll be interesting to see who their right winger will be, by the way. On draft night, I'm sure some guys are going to take a stab at who they think that right winger will be. Um, but I like PM. I think he's got a great selection. Uh, one concern is that he's got uh, no diversity. He's only got left wingers and goalies, so he's got to chase uh, center right wing and um, defense. I would have considered, if I was him, the one, I'm not going to call it a surprise, but given Anderson's price, I would have considered not keeping uh, Anderson and looking at uh, Tara Vinen as a possible keeper. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting one, because when I look at Anderson, $111, still very cheap with, with respect to an elite goaltender on a team like the Leafs, but we know the Leafs have struggled with defense. Anderson gets a lot of shots, right? He faces a lot of shots each night. I don't think it's going to be that much different. 
um, when it comes to that. They're 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 going to be a contending team, but um, at one hundred eleven dollars, that was his most expensive keeper. But still, four great keepers, two hundred fifty bucks spent. It's got a lot of cash going in. Sweet right, spot got, too, and he's in that sweet spot. We've got five to go. So listen, there's got to be two managers that are super excited because when we are getting this late in some sort of analytics pool or, or opinion pool, yeah. typically these two managers are not being spoken of anymore. One would be you and one would be uh, Mike Hughes. But guess what? We're not talking about either of them yet. Who are we going to talk about now? No, no. Okay. yeah, we've, we're going to talk about Nick in the Box, right? Nick, what, Nick in the Box, he has $733 uh, and he's got some smart choices here. He's got Eichel, Shvashnikov, Hamilton and Theodore. Uh, so two defensemen, the left wing and a center. He's got some smart picks here. Um, especially if uh, Eichel is is slated to uh, light it all up as he is projected to do. Nice choices. Yeah. So so Eichel went. He was super cheap last year for his his. Yeah, that was a super surprise. Eh? One ninety one. So he's he's coming in at two hundred bucks and change. Um, yeah, Svech- two ten. Svechnikov is you know the next Alex Ovechkin. So why wouldn't you keep him, especially playing with Sebastian Ajo and mm-hmm. then. Hamilton and Theodore. Hamilton could have been our top ranked D last year if he didn't get injured. And I believe Theodore came in at like the sixth or seventh ranked defenseman. So he's almost uh, mirroring Tony in his quality of uh, keeper defenseman. And Nick Nick values defense. He kept Brent Burns at two hundred bucks last year, right? Yeah, uh, this is an interesting one. So one, you're not seeing Burns on on next list. I mean, because of that, you 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 you. But it's a bit of a reverse here. He's got two defensemen for a total of twenty one dollars here. Two really good defensemen going in. So he's really set in that position. He's got some other works because he's got he's got to find himself uh, a serviceable goalie. Um, for sure, and as well as a right winger, which is sometimes a difficult position to to secure. But listen, he's got Eichel at uh, two hundred and ten dollars, uh, and I think that's going to be a firestorm um, this year in Buffalo for sure. And again, Sveshnikov, another fun name to say, thirty six bucks. He's he's got some really really good talent here. Yep, and I I think those are the four proper keepers to do. But I'm. I'm going to throw out uh, just a couple things. So he doesn't have Brent Burns anymore, but Brent Burns is a really intriguing name that enters the draft. But when we go back to this legacy keeper, um, Eric Carlson is available in the draft for the first time in years. Like what a fall from grace for, for Carlson and Burns and the San Jose Sharks to have those two guys. But I'm going to tell you the one guy I was, um, I'm not going to say surprised, but one guy I thought we would have seen as a possible keeper. And that's Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Um, he was, I think he might've come in at 10, 10 bucks as yeah. a keeper. And he has really created some very good chemistry with Leon Dreisaitl. So I've got to think that uh, Nick was thinking long and hard about um, whether he should include Nugent Hopkins or not. In yeah. So yeah. And, and, and then for me, if you look at, if you look at where, you, if you're going to fit them in, you've got to drop uh, one or two players there. It's either one of your defensemen, right? Hamilton or Theodore. So that's the players. That's what he's trying to wrestle in, wrestle with. I know myself uh, keeping 2D um, is not as appealing as say some other managers like Nick and Tony. I would have done things a l- maybe a little bit differently with there, but I, you can't argue still with his keepers. Okay, let's go to number four. And guess what? You and Mike are still alive. Number four, we're putting the great, great, great Heisenberg, Blair, at number four. He's going in with uh, Kudobin, Kucherov, Matthews, and Kale McCarr. He's got a goalie, a right wing, center, and D. So excellent diversity in his keepers. It costs him 276 bucks. He's going in with 724 Um So... Let's break this down. So uh, who would have thought that Kudobin or whatever his name is uh, would have been a keeper a year ago, but he lit up uh, the playoffs as a goalie for Dallas. Bishop yep. is gone. Uh, Bishop's done for the year. Um, so I think that's a smart choice. You know, maybe not the sexiest. He's one of the chubbier goalies next to Leonard in the NHL. So that's good. Yeah, too much. I would say. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Too much drinking. Uh, well, I was going to say too much Texas barbecue, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, what I look at what I look at 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 Blair's team here, like again, not not some major surprises, but you've got some you got some really lethal uh, 
uh, keepers here. One is uh, uh, Makar, and and that is again when we talk about emerging defensemen, we talk about kind of like you know uh, Carlson type defensemen, really like you know jumping into the play type pieces and putting up those points and on 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 uh, on a good team here. Uh, it's him, and he's super cheap, obviously. Oh, he's got. I mean, he would have ranked higher if if he had a, a more uh, established starting goalie. Kucherov is absolutely golden. Awesome, Matthews. Uh, you know, many are predicting he will be the highest scoring. Yeah, player, not the most points, but the highest scoring uh, player in the league. Uh, Kale McCarr is a superstar. Um, so I guess the only thing I would have thought, I guess he wanted to keep a goalie. Uh, I would have considered Riley Smith. Riley Smith was sneaky good last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I, I, I'm not sure. Ben Bishop uh, was cheap, but he's done for the year. So I think that's the only one that I would have considered uh, adding to that roster, unless he wanted to go in with no money and then Connor McDavid. But that yeah, it could have been his only like he's only ten dollars, right? So this it's not much really of a roll of a dice here. It only it's only taking a keeper spot. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's actually not that bad of a piece. Matthews is still for the value of that player at 177. That's a no brainer too. You know, forty-eight bucks from a car. That's going to be a a couple, at least a couple of years more of a run on super cheap defense position there. And Cooch, well, Cooch is forty-one dollars, and Cooch is Cooch, and no one is prying Cooch away from Heisenberg. Here's a storyline I'm going to follow this year. So Blair kept Bobrovsky at two hundred odd dollars last year. Yeah. And Bobrovsky, we all thought was going to be lights out good, and he ended up being an absolute disaster. Yeah. So now we've got a career backup goalie. As a keeper, I'm going to track to see if uh, Kudobin mm-hmm. outplays last year's Bobrovsky. I think it, I yeah. think he will. Like I think that honestly, this is a smarter keeper pick than last year's pick, which is crazy. Yeah, and, and and it's still that little bit of that roll of the dice, right? That's still a little bit of that risk that we love to see in in, in keeper selection. So. Like those, like those uh, picks, like the fact that he's in number four and that my name hasn't yet to be called. Well, guess what? It's not going to be called again, but Mike Hughes, I was in the pool. He's coming in at three in terms of our keeper ranking. He's got Quinn Hughes. And, you know, we talked about Mike being a narcissist. And, and some people will argue that we were being harsh. But has any other manager kept a player with the same last name? No, I, I think it's arrogant, to be honest with you. Um, uh, I, I, I don't like it. I think it drips of arrogance. And, and uh, for someone for the, new, for the newest manager in, in the pool, I wouldn't have expected this from somebody. But, hey, it's Mike. He's got West Coast arrogance all over him. I know. I got, there's, no, there's no Jewel kept. There's no Bullby nope. kept. No True Haas. No, no True Haas kept. No Warham. But nope. lo and behold, here we go. Yeah, there we go, Mike. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Uh, Quinn Hughes, $39. I don't think it's because he's 39 bucks. he kept him. I think because of that Hughes. Absolutely, Angela. I'm agreeing with you. He, he told me they're related. Yeah, probably. He's probably telling everybody. Yep, I know. Yeah. So we got – but now, now, in all seriousness, Patrick Laine on the final year mm-hmm. of the deal. Uh, we got Markstrom, who is the undisputed number one in Calgary. He overperformed yep. last year, but he was a superstar last year. Yep. And then we've talked about Elias Pettersson uh, a lot in previous episodes. He's going in with a great selection, D right wing goalie center, and a lot of cash at $831. This is an excellent balance of quality keepers, positions, dollars at the draft. Um, Mike could be super 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 dangerous in the draft this year. Yeah, what I what I actually in all honesty what I really like about Mike's choices here is that he's covering his positions very nicely and he's doing so for a super cheap $169. That's one thing. Two is Mike is a is good and performs well at the draft. We know that he spent a, a near record for McDavid last year. He's going to be doing the same thing again in going after those top players. That's not uh, going to be a surprise here. He just the difference here this year is he has lots of cash to do so um and he also has really excellent uh balance of keepers as well so he's got he's got everything going for him right now um hopefully you know he can uh, kind of keep that momentum going here and money this year but we'll see yep the only thing that i would have considered and again this comes down to philosophy do you want a lot of money at the draft um sebastian aho would be one player that i yep. would have considered and i'm sure he was toying with maybe 
keeping Aho over Line A perhaps, but at the end of the day, you get Line A and another $130 at the draft over keeping Aho for 200 bucks. So I think that's the right decision. I think those are the four that I would have kept. Um, and, you know, I'm curious to see what team he comes up with after the auction. I think it's going to be one of our elite teams this year. Yeah, like what he did is, is, is Mike finally did some math in his life. He got out a cal- calculator and he, he said, okay, what's Line A costing me? What's Aho going to cost me? Split the difference. Maybe did a little bit of research, figured out, okay, that, you know, this type of a player that I could fill in the, you know, backfill those kind of missing points or missing categories is going to cost me this much. He's actually has some strategy for the first time heading ever into a draft. Uh, and uh, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see how he crops the bet on it. This is the most complimentary we've ever been of him. Like when he when he hears this, he's gonna he's he's gonna get his transit pass. He's gonna jump on. Yeah. Uh, you know the, his public Canada line. The Canada line. He's gonna jump on the Canada line. Yep. He's gonna go to the closest Starbucks and he's gonna treat himself to uh, a cranberry bliss bar and a, a vente um, peppermint, latte peppermint Low fat mocha with yeah uh, coconut milk. Yeah. And and light whip and uh, he's gonna. You know, he's going to be riding high for the next week until we bring him back to earth with the next podcast. So enjoy yeah, he, he may be able to, you know, while he's at Starbucks, pull out his laptop and hang, hammer out the next uh, chapter of his uh, novel that he's been working on for 15 years. Who never knows? Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Let's yeah. go. Let, now let's go into number two. This has to excite you. So you're coming in as our second ranked manager. 2020 is officially the weirdest year of all time. You're coming yeah. in with Braden Point. Rantanen, Christian Yari, McKinnon. You've got two centers, a right wing, and a goalie. 118 bucks is all it costs you. You've got the most money in the draft at 882. You made some very shrewd trades, some FA pickups to set up this. You've been working on this. This has been your 14 year plan, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been my 14-year plan. Uh, it really was since the end of my season came, you know, what was that? Like, so soon after it started last year. My October, plan, October 26th. Something like that. It's starting to the rebuild. And, and I've secured myself, I think, um, some phenomenal players here. Hopefully everything works out. What I like about my picks here is that I've only spent $118 on players that I know would be, like, massively expensive and hugely expensive on draft night and I still have $882 to play with so I am going in with the most amount of money as well which is a nice feeling too knowing that uh, I'm I've got an advantage at least on all other managers um, in that category uh, this year so I'm feeling good what do you see about my picks what do you like what don't you like uh, uh, there's absolutely nothing that I don't like. I would have done the exact same thing you did. Um, I mean, we can yeah. argue that maybe your goaltending is unproven, but he, you know, they traded away Matt Murray to, uh, they've got trust in Tristan Jari as, uh, the number one. Um, you know, McKinnon is one of the best players in the league. Him and Ranton play really well together. Uh, Braden Point established himself as an elite center. He'll be the number one centerman in, Tampa Bay this year with all due respect to Steven Stamkos like there's there's no other foursome that I would have uh you know you could have you probably you know in March of last year put these guys in as your keepers because there's there's no question this is who you will keep add on to that the fact that you've got so much cash and it just begs the question do you feel confident or do you feel absolutely terrified going in in a position you've never been in before well I'll say it's a bit of both to be honest with you so one I do feel quite confident that I'm going to to probably royally mess this up in some capacity that I have yet to discover so in some way I'm going to find a new way to mess this up <clears throat> there's a lot of there's a lot of pressure I would say on managers going in with the most money and with top keepers we've seen it in the past it's a, it's a, it's a it's a it's a risky uh, it's risky in a sense where uh, our manager is going to to rise to the occasion and draft really well with that amount of money, right? Because we've also seen managers on draft night, lots of cash, haven't been able to really perform well because they've missed some of those key players along the way. They've missed some of those deals um, uh, and uh, haven't uh, rose to the occasion. So I, I, I am feeling a bit of pressure here. That being said, I am actually quite confident um, that I'm going to have a great draft night because I have that money. And hey, I have an, I have a great start. I've got four top players. So here's here's as I'm you know envisioning the future. This is what I see, Brent. So this is your moment where 
you're driving up to the gas station and there is Cindy Crosby, Cindy Crawford. Yes, that's right. At the Pepsi machine. Cindy Crawford at the Pepsi machine out of the Ferrari. Yeah. And, and, and this is your moment and you get out of your 2011 Volkswagen golf hatchback. 2004. 2004. Sorry. Volkswagen golf. Yeah. And you walk towards her. Yeah. And this is your moment in time where you are going to get the girl. Yeah. And just as you are about to say something to her, you trip on a rock and smash your face against the Ferrari and pass out. Yeah, I knocked myself unconscious. This is this is this is potentially the case. This is this is is something I'm really worried about in terms of letting this go. I see, um, to be honest with you, um, a handful of managers that uh, are in a competing position right now uh, with me. A handful. That's how confident yeah. I am. That being uh, that being said, I'm in unfamiliar, very unfamiliar territory right now. Well, I don't know how, if I can handle the pressure. I'm weirdly excited to see how this goes for you. Let's go to our number one guy. Yeah. So speaking of speaking of one of those managers, uh, our number one is Bowlby is the Whiskey Dick Van Dyke show. Um, he has a keeper total keeper value of $268. He is uh, spending that on uh, Connor Drysaddle, Vasilevsky, Bingington. He has a lethal foursome of keepers uh, that features a last year's league MVP and not arguably, but really the best goalie in the league and one that is is uh, only one year removed from a Stanley Cup as well. I think he's got the tandem in, in place for the goalkeepers. I think he's got two of the best left wingers in the league and he has $732 to spend he's he's he is he is my pick right now um to win it so we're saying it right now the pool is officially doug's to lose i i am i'm when i look at that it's been it's been those when doug Doug drafts well right he he drafts really well he trades really well um he's a smart strategic manager and he has got that talent um, backing him up, you know, with dry settle at $157, that's a steal when he's got Kyle Connor at 69, Vasilevsky at 14 and Bingington at, at 28. Uh, there's a lot of value there. Um, and he's still got a lot of cash. He's in that sweet spot. He's got everything going for him right now. I agree. This is uh, such a dangerous team. He can have a bad draft and still still win the pool. Those those four keepers are so solid. Like he just such a rock solid team. And I'm gonna throw one thing out there that I would have considered if I had his roster. And I don't know if uh, the listeners will agree with me, but going into an expansion year, um, yeah. uh, Bennington is going to be uh, unrestricted free agent at the end of this year if uh, he's not resigned. Um, He's got a young backup goalie, so he's going to get a lot of playing time. He didn't have the best year last year. I would say I wonder if he considered um, leaving Bennington off because he has Miro Heiskanen. And Heiskanen is uh, in that same category as Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr, this next generation of high-scoring defensemen. And he was only $22, so... I would have, and I'm, I'm not critical of Doug here because his keepers are so good, but I would have considered uh, leaving Bennington off or trading Bennington um, and keeping Miro Heiskanen in that, in that spot. Because I, I, I see Heiskanen going for a lot of cash this year. Uh, it's a really interesting one because I, I look at again. Uh, you, you look at his goaltending tandem here. It is it is solid. It's amazing. Uh, it's it and, he, and it's super cheap. So his strategy there was just like let's just kind of keep with that and keep that momentum going into into the next season. Um, and I don't have to worry about that position, right? He he uh, he is not a manager. I don't think in the past that has really. Um, you know, kept that many defensemen. Um, I could be wrong on that, but I don't really see have seen him putting that huge same level of value as, say, some of the other managers um, 
uh, in the past that I've put put on defensemen, say you know like Nick with with uh, with Hamilton Theodore. It's an interesting one. I can't fault him on this. He is always in the running every single year. It's a very odd year and off year for him if he's not in in the top half of the pool, right? So this is just securing him uh, him that uh, coveted. Uh, I think, in my mind, uh, number one ranking, uh, not only for keepers, but the number one uh, um, pre-draft ranking as well. So there you have it. So, um, Doug, make a count this year and win that elusive Keith Primo Cup. You're going in with a great roster. And uh, that, that does it for Podcast 61, just like that. Yeah. Absolutely, and but again, we, we so we've just ran down everyone's keepers here. I love the fact that um, all of this would be immediately changed if we put in that the, you know the legacy keeper kind of clause because um, we look at those lists there, right? And and we see a lot of those players that are near that or have surpassed that kind of deadline cutoff, and it would really change and force strategy in the pool and and really kind of even things out and fair things out. I love it. So let's kind of keep that keep that conversation going. So that's been episode 61. 62, what's, uh, what's in the works for 62? So now that we... Uh... We've got the keepers in. I think the next step, the only logical next step, uh, and we were going to do it today, except um, we had to delay our podcast by a day. But the next step is uh, looking at last year's drafts, the hits and the misses. So we're going to go through every team next week. Uh, we're going to look at the best player that was drafted by each team, the worst selection by each team, the best keeper and the worst keeper for each team. Uh, and then just it, it's actually um, we already have the research done and it's pretty fascinating to see where some of those big, uh, big dollar picks ended up in terms of overall ranking. And uh, it could be a good eye opener for managers as we head into the draft. Yeah, I love it because because everybody's going to have have a you know a plus and a minus uh, attached to their name on on this episode. You get to see some strategy as well heading into to draft night uh, and know who you're kind of competing at, and it really puts again at the forefront that uh, the importance to have a really solid draft night in order to position yourself to be a winner in the Luke. All right, man, that does it. Uh... That is it. Happy holidays. We'll pick a date soon. Everyone be safe out there. Enjoy uh, your holiday so, break. Uh, you there, Brent? Yeah, I'm there. We're uh, jumping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're there. So Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy holidays. We will see you in a week. All right. See you, man.